Good morning. We are going to begin the parsha of Shmini, which actually continues from the end of last week's parsha. The end of the parsha of Tzav is about the seven days of inauguration when Moshe Rabbeinu acted as the priest, and for seven days, as discussed, he did all the offerings, the, the, the initiation offering, putting the blood on the uh, on the priests and the oil and all of that. And finally comes the eighth day. That's where our parsha begins. And the eighth day is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the first day of the month of Nisan, a very, very special day in the calendar. Many special things happened in the temple on that day in the Mishkan of bringing many new offerings. It says 10 crowns were crowned on the day of Rosh Chodesh Nisan. But what's fascinating is that when the Torah describes this day, it does not call it the first day of the month of Nisan. It calls it the eighth day of inauguration. And there's obviously a very important message here. Because as anyone that knows any Kabbalah knows, seven is the number of nature, of the, of the created, finite, natural universe created with seven days. And eight is the number of transcendence, number of infinity. That's why the eight symbol is a symbol of infinity. Um, and therefore, the, as we're going to discuss today, the actual revelation of God in the world and the revealed presence that doesn't come in the seven days, even though the seven days are called miluim, which I said is male, full, to bring, to fill the world with God's presence. But the real revelation of God happens specifically on day number eight. So therefore the Torah describes it as a day number eight. And that's why this is not in last week's parasha. But in the last week's parasha, not in this week's parasha. It's two totally different stories. The seven days of Moshe's work, and then there's the eighth day, which is a day of complete transcendence, a day of God's revelation. So Moshe, on the eighth day, Moshe calls Aaron and his sons, and he says, and the elders of Israel, so the elders of Israel should know that when he's giving this position of authority and power of the high priest to Aaron, he's not doing it on his own initiative, but he's doing it on the command of Hashem. And he says to them, Aaron, today you're going to be the priest. Today I'm not going to bring the offerings on the altar. Today it's going to be you and your sons. So he says to Aaron, you're going to bring for yourself a, 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 a young calf, as a sin offering. We can imagine why he's bringing a calf as a sin offering. Why do you think? To atone for the sin of the golden calf. Very good. And you're going to bring in the ram as a Ola offering before Hashem. In addition, today you are going to bring offerings on behalf of the Jewish people. And so therefore, speak to the Jewish people and say you're going to bring for them a goat as a sin offering. Why do the Jews need to bring a goat as a sin offering? For the sin of selling Yosef. And they cut the, they, they dipped his tunic in the blood of a goat. And the Jewish people will also bring a, uh, a uh, Ola, an ascent offering. And you will be the one to bring up this uh, uh, two ascent offerings, a calf and a lamb as an ascent offering. So th two offerings from our own, a sin offering and a burnt offering, and three offerings from the Jewish people, the goat as a sin offering, and then a calf and a lamb as an ascent offering. Okay. So they go and they do that. And this today, instead of Moshe doing it, Aaron is the one that slaughters the animal and he's the one that prepares the blood. And he comes and he brings it uh, to the actual, he, his sons bring the blood to him. And he's the one that sprinkles it on the four corners of the Mizbeach. And then all of the fats are offered up on the altar, as already discussed. And then all of the meat is burnt outside the camp. Again, normally, meat of a sin offering is eaten by the priests. But today was the first day he didn't eat the offering himself. It was burnt outside the camp. And then he brings his 
Ola offering, his ascent offering. He slaughters it, he brings the blood, he sprinkles it on the two corners, which is four corners, he burns the meat, and then he takes the animals of the nation, and he brings close the sin offering, the goat of the sin offering of the Jewish people, and the burnt offering of the Jewish people. He does all that. Then he brings his mincha offering. If you remember, we discussed in the beginning of last week's parasha that the Kayin Gadol had an obligation every day together with the daily offering to bring a flower offering. So even though the daily morning offering Moshe brought before all of this, but the flower offering of the Kayin Gadol, he brings it. And he then brings the peace offerings of the Jewish people. And he takes the blood. And this peace offering is a unique initiation offering. We'll discuss it more, not tomorrow, the day after. He brings the fats onto the, onto the altar and all of that. He puts the fats to burn. And then he finishes all of this. Guess what? There's no fire from heaven yet. There's no divine presence. They've lit a fire. They're burning up. But there hasn't been a revelation of the Shekhinah. So Aaron lifts his hand. This is verse 22. Aaron lifts up his hands to the nation. And he blesses them. What is the blessing he gives them? The birchas bless you and protect you. The, the, the priestly blessing. And then the Torah tells us he goes down from the altar. He was standing on top of the altar when he gave them the blessing, the birchas kohenim. Now he goes down from the altar. Yes. Yeah, in parshas nasa. Yes. He goes down from the altar. And the verse, next verse says, verse 23 says, that now after he's done all of these offerings, Moshe and Aaron enter together inside to the tent of meeting. Why do they go into the tent of meeting? Rashi tells us two reasons. The first one is because there was still one offering that had not yet been brought. And that is the Ketoros offering, the incense. All the other animals were offered on the, alt- on the altar outside in the courtyard where all of the Jewish people are gathered to watch. But the Ketores is offered on the golden altar, which is inside the Mishkan. So they went inside the Mishkan so Moshe could teach Aaron how to do the incense because the incense had not been offered the last seven days. If you remember all the seven days we talked about the, the, all the offerings, we never mentioned incense. Oh, Moshe never did that. Today is the first time that Aaron's going to bring the incense, so Moshe goes to teach him. That's one reason. A second reason Rashi tells us why they go inside is because Aaron felt very bad. Aaron felt miserable. He felt depressed. He felt uh, embarrassed. Moshe had gathered all of the Jewish people together. They're all standing together to watch the coming of the, you know, the revelation of the Shekhinah. I was going to bring God's presence into the world. And guess what happened? Nothing. He did all the offerings, his own sin offering, his own uh, burnt offering, the nation's offerings, their sin offering, and nothing happened. So he feels that since he still hasn't been forgiven for his sin of the uh, of the golden calf, he feels since he hasn't been forgiven for his sin of the golden calf, therefore he's um, the Jews are not being uh, forgiven on his on his fault. So he enters. So he tells to to Moshe, "You embarrassed me. You brought me here, and now uh, you know I, I'm a fool, and everyone sees that I can't bring it." So Moshe. So Moshe and Aaron together enter inside to the Ohemol. They enter into the tent of meeting and they fall on their faces before Hashem to pray to God to allow the Shekhinah to come down to be revealed amongst the Jewish people. And after that happens, they go back out of the tent of meeting by Yetzu, by Yivarucho Es'am, and they bless the nation a second time. 
Verse 22 says he blesses the nation. Verse 23 says again he blessed the nation. This blessing is the blessing of the blessing we say every Saturday night. The blessing is, we say on Saturday night, May the pleasantness of God be upon you. And the work of your hands should be established. You should see the presence of God inside the work of your hands. And he says, that the, the divine presence should rest upon you in the work of your hands, etc., etc. So the second blessing he gives after he leaves the actual building of the Mishkan together with Moshe, after they prayed inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the Torahs inside. So here's the whole order of the day. Moshe brought the daily offering in the morning. And then, he doesn't say it, but I believe that he dressed the priests and all that. But then after that, he tells Aaron, and he gathers all the elders of Israel, you're doing the offerings. Aaron does all, him and his sons together, do all of their own offerings, all of the offerings of the nation, no fire from heaven. They then enter into the actual Mishkan itself. There they bring the Torahs. There they fall on their faces, begging God for forgiveness. They exit the Mishkan. They give a second blessing, and after that, the Torah says, The glory of God was revealed before all of the nations. What happened? At that moment, a fire comes down from heaven. It goes into the actual Mishkan, through the Mishkan, out of the front of the Mishkan, and onto the altar in the courtyard. And there it consumes all of the offerings that are on the uh, altar. And when the Jewish people saw how the fire came down from the heavens, came down from the heavens, and it went into the, uh, through the, through the Mishkan, and came out now into the, the, onto the actual altar, the entire nation saw clearly how finally they had been forgiven. They were now able to see how Hashem's presence was openly revealed in some ways like I had seen that, but they, got, they saw God. They saw fire coming from heaven consuming their offerings. And they knew that God had finally been forgiven them for the sin of the golden calf and had finally accepted all of their work in building the Mishkan and making all the vessels and all of the work. Hashem has finally accepted their donation, accepted their work, and, and, and brought His presence upon them. And so at that moment, God's presence upon them, the entire nation falls on their faces in, uh, you know, before the presence of Hashem. And yes. The golden calf was crushed up, was ground up, and uh, Moshe melted it. In fact, he crowned it up, and he mixed that melted golden calf into the water that was given to people to drink, like a sota, a woman that was, was accused of perhaps having been adulterous. She would drink water that had the, the name of God erased from a parchment and water. That's what they drank to test them. If they had sinned with the golden calf, their bellies blew up, etc. Okay. Then comes the so now the Jews are on a high. They're on a high. Why are they on a high? Because the shekinah has come down. And there's a tremendous feeling of holiness at that moment. And it's then at that moment that something terrible happens. Two people, what? No. At that moment of excitement and high, you know, of tremendous greatness, at that very moment, the very next verse says, verse 24 says, Sorry, 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 sorry. That's part of that's part of the story. But Hashem, a fire goes out before Hashem, it eats of all the food in the Mizbeach, and everyone falls on their face. And then what happens right after that? The two sons of Aaron, Nadav and Aviu, they each take their fire pan with the incense, and they put inside and they take fire from on the altar 
as if they were bringing incense like their father had just done before with Moshe. And they put on the ketores, and they bring before Hashem this Eish Zara, this foreign fire that God had not commanded them to bring. They went inside the Mikdash, inside the sanctuary. They went to the golden altar, and they brought fire. They brought incense, just like Aaron did. Why did they do it? They were on a high. They were like feeling such a tremendous spiritual moment of elevation and ecstasy and the Shekhinah was revealed in the Mishkan. How could they reveal all They were so excited. So, yeah. And after that, what happens? Hashem. A fire comes out from before Hashem and it eats them. It consumes them. When it consumes them, it took their body. It burnt their souls and not their body. And they died before Hashem. They died before Hashem. Now, there's many other explanations of why they would die for bringing for what they did. So you're correct that. And by the way, tonight's class, and we're going to talk about this at great length. Tonight's class, we're going to talk about But um, they they we they came into the temple in a state of drunkenness. Mizanchim, so they brought a foreign fire. When they entered, they were drunk. How do we know that they were drunk? We're going to learn soon. The very next set of laws after this story is going to be about the priests not officiating in the temple while they were intoxicated. Another reason why they died is because they taught a halacha in front of the teacher without his permission. It says that, um, what was the halacha they taught? They taught the halacha, uh, and they said it correctly. Oh, but the fire on the Mizbeach, to use the fire. The foreign, what was the foreign fire? Where they took the fire for the lighting of the Torah, they on their own deduced which fire followed, three different fires on the altar. They figured out on their own, based on the verse, which fire should be from. But even though they were correct, but since they taught the halacha in front of Moshe, instead of allowing Moshe to give the ruling instead of them, for that reason they died. Another reason is because they were they, they were walking behind Moshe and Aaron. It says they talked. Another Navi who said, "When will these old men die already?" And uh, then we could uh, you know take over like they thought they'd be better. But again, we're going to talk about tonight as well. But the point is that at that moment of tremendous, tremendous uh, holiness, they they were feeling so uplifted, and they came into the temple with this foreign fire that God had not commanded them to bring. Because of that, a fire comes before Hashem, and they die lifne Hashem. They die before God, meaning they died in a state of tremendous holiness. Their death, and, and again, we're going to talk about tonight as well, their death was not, according to Chassidus, the way we think of it normally, as like just they died, that they were punished for their sin. That's the classical explanation. They did a sin. They were intoxicated. They brought an incense that they weren't authorized to bring in. They died. They were killed for their sin. By Musu Lefnei Hashem, they died before God means. They were in such a state of elevated kalois ha-nefesh. Kalois ha-nefesh means such a state of spiritual upliftedness and ecstasy and holiness that they were literally before God. And because they were literally before God, their bodies could no longer contain their souls. Their soul was on such a high level. Their soul before God, the body couldn't hold it. And that's why they died so that the fire went in into their nostrils, and their soul went out through their nostrils. Their soul left their body. Their soul was burnt, or went up. Their body wasn't burnt. Their body was intact. Their soul left out. Okay, that's the story. And for more explanation, join us tonight at 8 o'clock p.m.